We are on Perik Aleph in Masechtas Megillah, Mishnah Dalid. In the time of Chazal, the, when the Besan used to declare the new month, so every once in a while they would declare a, a, an added month, what we call in Yiddish an Ibiryoch, which is they would make it into a leap year. So here's what happened. Chorus and Megillah Ba'adarishim. They celebrated Purim Adarishim, they read the Megillah, and then before we got to um, before we got to Nisan, he's supposed to uh, declare a brand new, an extra month before Nisan. Nisabra Hashanah, they declare there's going to be an extra month. Today, this can't be because we have a set calendar. In the time of Chazal, it could be. And this is what happened. What do you do? You read it again. Karanosa Ba'adr Shani. You read it on the second month. Because Adr Shani is the time, even today, when you have a, when you have two, Adars, you always read the Megillah and you celebrate Purim on, on, on the second Adar, not in the first. Ain bin Adarishon, la Adar Shani. This, by the way, right now begins a series of Mishnahs that are known as the Ain Bains. They're, they're different topics, and the Mishnah is going to say there's no difference between A and B except for this case or two cases. So look, Ain bin Adarishon. There's no difference between Adarish and Adarshani. Ella Kriyas and Megillah and Matanas Levionim. Except for Kriyas and Megillah and Matanas Levionim, which means that we read the Megillah on the second day, on the second Adar, and we, read, and we give Matanas Levionim, we give on the second Adar as well. However, we know that on Purim, it's forbidden to, have, to engage in a Hespid. If there's a Hespid, you're not allowed to engage in it. And you're also uh, not allowed to fast on Purim. Therefore, on the first Ador, Adarishon, on Yudalid and Tezvav, you are also not allowed to engage in Hespid, nor are you allowed to are you allowed to um, to fast. Tzachi, we are in Mishnah, the Parak uh, Rishon, Mishnah Mishnah's Megillah, Mishnah Dalit. Well okay? Well you got it? I'm getting there. Perak Aleph, Mishnah Dalit. Right. I'll read the Mishnah again. Um, Karu, we'll be, that one, we'll Karu, the, you got it. Okay. Chazara. Karu and Megillah Bahadurishan. Let's say Klal Yisrael read the Megillah on the first day of Rishan. They had Purim. On the, on the, I'm sorry, on Adarishan. Right. On Adarishan. They had, they had the Megillah on Adarishan. Vinis Abra Hashan. And then, in the time of Chazal, when Bezin used to declare the new month, and they used to also declare the an a leap year an ibiyar they right. added so an extra month right and they, then they, read it again uh, so what do you do karno sabadashani you read it again on the second day of adar ain bain adarishan adarshani there's no difference between adarishan and adarshani ella kriyas megillah matanas lavionim except for reading the megillah matanas lavionim meaning we read the megillah and we give matanas lavionim on the second adar not on the first adar however as I just said before, that on Purim, Hespid and Tainus is answer. A eulogy or fasting is forbidden on Purim. But uh, it's all, not only that it's forbidden on Purim itself, on the second Adar, but it's also forbidden on the first Adar as well. On the 14th or 15th day of the month of Adar, Rishon, you're not allowed to, to offer a eulogy and you're not allowed to fast. Now, let's take a look at the next Mishnah. 
Ein bein yom tov l'shabes. Elo ochel nefesh bulvad. This, there's no difference between yom tov and shabbos except for ochel nefesh. Uh, the, the, the truth of the matter is that this Mishnah does not go like all opinions, but let me explain what this means. As we know, on Shabbos, cooking is forbidden. It's forbidden according to the Torah. You're not allowed to cook. You're not allowed to light a fire. You're not allowed to light a fire to heat yourself or anything of that nature. The, on Yom Tiv, it's permitted to cook. You can light a fire to warm yourself as well on Yom Tiv. We, because rabbinically, we don't light a fire from scratch Instead, we light a fire from existing flame. That's only rabbinic. But uh, we are allowed to light a fire from existing flame. We are allowed to light a stove. And we are allowed to cook on Yom Tov. That's called Ochel Nefesh. It's a, it's a Pasuk in Chumash. Um, it says, Achash Yaseh, Nefesh, So it's a Pasuk in Chumash. We're allowed to cook on Yom Tov. Now, um, there's, there's something else that we are allowed to do on Yom Tov that distinguishes it from Shabbos. There are other differences too, but that distinguishes it from Shabbos, which is Hotzah. On Yom Tov, we are allowed to carry in Rosh Hashanah, uh, and we can even, certainly we can carry in a Carmelis, which is uh, a rabbinic version of a public domain without an Erev, no problem. Or if you're in a place which is a public domain, you're allowed to carry, period, for, uh, for almost any reason, you're allowed to carry anything that's necessary for Yom Tov. You can carry the keys to your home. You can carry, you could walk your baby outside and you could certainly carry food over to a, uh, a neighbor or a friend if you're going to share a Yom Tov meal, which today's day and age is unheard of. But in ancient times, when we used to share um, the Yom Tov meals together and we used to have guests on Yom Tov, you'd be allowed to bring over food to somebody without the use of an Erev or even in a public domain. But Beishamai has severe restrictions on what you're allowed to bring outside in a public domain, and this mission goes according to Beishamai. There are also two other differences between uh, Yom Tov and Shabbos. One is more of a minor difference, which is that if a person transgresses Shabbos, he is Chayiv Skila, which means it's Chayiv Misa. It's forbidden according to the Torah, and it's capital punishment. If a person transgresses Yom Tov, it is a Chayiv Kares, cutting, spiritually being cut off from the Jewish people. Not a good thing, but not the severity of, of Skila. But there's one other thing that's a difference between Yom Tov and Shabbos, which the mission does not say, which is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that ochel nefesh which means that let's say there's something that you need to do on Yom Tov but you could, and you couldn't have done it in an era of Yom Tov. So that you're allowed to do on Yom Tov, like, um, like you want to, you want to, um, you want to bake bread, for example. So you want to prepare the bread for bread for being baked. Or, let's say you, um, you, uh, you had no time before Yom Tov to even look at your, your, um, your knives, and you notice that your knives are all dull. So Yehuda would hold that you are allowed to, to sharpen your knives on Yom Tov if you couldn't have done it on Erev Yom Tov. There's still another opinion. 
Rabbi Eliezer holds that even if you could have done it on Erev Yom Tiv, you're allowed to do it on Yom Tiv. We don't paskin like Rabbi Eliezer. We do paskin like Rabbi Yehuda, but with restrictions. So you'll see Simon Tav Kuf Yud Ches 518 in Archaim and in uh, other places, and you'll see that we do paskin like Rabbi Yehuda, but with restrictions. So if there's ever anything that you need to do on Yom Tov and you're not sure whether you're allowed to do so, ask your Elcor, local, competent, orthodox rabbi. And I'm sure he will guide you. Okay. Now, so let's see a little further. Ein bein Shabbos, liyom Kippurim. There is no difference between Shabbos and Yom Kippur. Ella, shezeh zidono biyad adam, Shabbos is, believe it or not, more stringent than Yom Kippur. If a person transgresses Shabbos, as we said beforehand, the punishment is skila. It's capital punishment. If a person transgresses Yom Tov, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur. Let's see a person were to light that same fire on Yom Kippur as on Shabbos, then he would be responsible. He would have kares, not um, skila. But, of course, if Yom Kippur falls out on Shabbos, then it's capital punishment because of the Shabbos aspect of it. But for Yom Kippur by itself, even though it's called Shabbos Shabbosom, does not carry the same weight as Shabbos, which shows you how important Shabbos is. Anybody who, God forbid, transgresses Shabbos, there's, there's a way out. Just do tshuva. You know, you say out loud that I transgress Shabbos, on this and this occasion, or on these many occasions, or I don't even remember, and I am sorry, Hashem, and I will do the best of my ability never to do that again. And that's it. That's tshuva. Or Hashem. Okay. Any questions? Let's move onwards. Um, now, there's such a concept of Nidaram. We're going to be discussing, as I said beforehand, a bunch of disparate Mishnayos, they don't really have anything to do with each other, except they're all Ain Bains. All of them are, there's no difference between the case number one and case number two, except for uh, these these halachas. Okay, Saki was saying something? Nope, I was just, no. Nope. Paraphrasing the Mishnah. Okay, great. You learn McGill already? Okay, you're learning it now. So Ain Bain, Hamudr Hanamechevero, there is such a concept of a nether. A nether means that I take a vow. It's a serious thing. I'm not allowed to transgress the vow. <coughs> what if I say I want to have nothing to do with this fellow whatsoever? That's I don't have any. I derive any benefit. I make a vow. Um, a nether. Another is a sort of a vow. There's a nether and a shvu. We're not getting into the differences between the two, but I make a, a vow known as a nether, and I say, I want to have no benefit from this fellow. Or I, or I want to say, I want to have no benefit from his food, from what he prepares for me or his food. Nothing to do. Nothing to do with him, as far as food is concerned. So there's no difference between the two. Ella, Drisa Sarekel. Drisa Sarekel means walking through a person's property. If it doesn't bother somebody, if a person owns, for example, a parking lot, a paved parking lot, and there's there are no cars there, Shabbos, let's say, and there's no reason why you can't walk through the person's parking lot 
has a shortcut. We're not talking about his his uh, you know his backyard, which he might not like because there are people there. We're talking about something which doesn't bother him whatsoever. But um, you can't walk through as a shortcut. Even if you got permission, you couldn't do it because um, if you if you said you're not going to derive any benefit from that fellow, then you can't use his property as a shortcut, as, a, as opposed to if you said you're not going to derive any benefit from his food, then you can use his property as a shortcut. Vessels that you are not going to use for food. For example, if you want to borrow his saw or his hammer to knock in a nail or to chop down a tree, then you're allowed to do that if all you uh, you you made a, a, a nether, all you you made a vow about was Michael was food or food food type of things things related to food. So a saw and a hammer are not related to food unless you want to use it to open up a coconut or something. They're not related to food. But if you said that you're not going to have you made a vow you're going to derive no benefit from this fellow whatsoever, then you couldn't even borrow a vessel. That had nothing to do with food, like a saw or a hammer. Ain benedarim linadavos. There are no difference between a nether and a dava. Let me explain what a nether is, what a nadava is. A nether is harei alai, and a dava is harei zu, which doesn't help you any unless you understand the concepts, which I'm about to explain. Uh, a nether means harei alai. Let's say a person wants to give a sacrifice to the Beis Hamikdash. So he could do it one of two ways. He could say, it's incumbent upon me, I'm making a vow that I'm going to bring an animal, a cow, as a sacrifice to the base of Mignosh. Okay, you could do that. A nadava would be if I say, it's incumbent on me to bring this particular animal to the base of Mignosh as a, as, as a sacrifice. What's the difference between the two? Can anybody tell me? Can't hear you, Tachi. You're muted. Specificity, sorry, right? Like it's this, this versus any. It sounds like right. Right. So, what would be the halachic difference? So, if you if it's any, then like you have to bring one regardless. Right. right? If it's that particular one, well, you can't replace that particular one if you don't have that particular one. Perfect, Tachi. Pat yourself on the back because the COVID, we can't do it for you. But you get a pat on the back, which is good. Um, let's say I say, this is an adava. This animal I'm bringing to the base of Migdash. And then uh, it was a perfectly good animal. And then it got a blemish. The animal tripped and got a blemish. Now to bring an animal with a blemish, a mum, as a sacrifice. And that blemish is not going away. It's a blemish forever. Now you can't bring it anymore. As Tachi says, you don't have to bring any other animal because you said this one. Let's say the animal was stolen or the animal was lost or the animal died or uh, somehow. Um, then you, you promised you bring this animal, but the animal's not in existence anymore or you can't bring it as a carbon. But let's say you say it's incumbent upon me to bring an animal. You had in mind that, okay, I'll bring this animal because this is a nice fat animal you want to bring into the base of Mignosh. But you didn't say out. And I'm going to bring this animal in particular. You said, I'm going to bring an animal. And the animal that you had in mind died or was stolen. You're still responsible to bring a different animal. Let's say you only had 
one animal. You'd have to buy another animal to bring it to the base of Mikdash. That would be a neder. A nedava, you'd be absolved. So let's see it inside. Very good, Sachi. Ein bein nedarim, where I say it's incumbent upon me, l'nedavos, where I say my responsibility is for this animal. Um, Ella, shahanedarim, when you say it's incumbent upon me, chayiv bachrayas. You are responsible for, uh, for to, to replace it if the animal dies or is lost. Unidavos, however, a a particular animal, you are not responsible to replace that animal if it is lost or if it dies. Okay? So um, I think we will stop here. Uh, we learned three Mishnayas, and I think that's, that's enough for today. I will, of course, ask you to chazer uh, the Mishnah is because if you don't chazer it, you're not going to remember it. And Beis Hashem will resume next week.